Well, we're so excited that you're here this morning, and you know, not only are you here in the room joining and, and learning and worshiping, but we have church family that's joining us around the world, people in Denver, all over the LA County, and other cities, other states, other nations. Can you do this just to make them feel a part and welcome? Will you give them a hand, everybody on the other side of that camera? Yeah, we are so glad you're with us. Yeah, we pray the blessing of God on you. You know, I want to jump right into the message today. If you have a Bible, wherever you get your scripture, your iPhone, your iPad, go with me to the book of Matthew. As you're going there, I heard this story about this couple that had been married for 30 years. And uh, every single night, the, the wife would hear noises in the kitchen and think that there was a burglar. And so often, at least once a week for 30 years, she would, you know, kind of punch her husband and wake him up and say, hey, go downstairs. I think somebody's downstairs. And he would go downstairs and check the kitchen to make sure everything was okay. So after 30 years, one night, she hears a noise in the kitchen again. She's like, I think someone, she you know, punches her husband. He wakes up out of a dead sleep and dutifully he gets back up like he's always done and says, okay, I'll go check. And he walks down the stairs. And when he gets to the bottom, he realizes he's staring down the barrel of a gun. There's a burglar there and the burglar says, don't say a word, collect all your valuables and give them to me. So he goes and collects all the valuables, brings them back, gives them to the burglar. The burglar's about to leave and he says, wait, stop. You can't leave. You have to go upstairs and meet my wife. She's been expecting you for 30 years. She finally came. Okay. Some of you, that's a really bad joke, Pastor Jared. Um, the reason I told it is because it goes along with our topic. How many of us have lived our lives for 30 years, 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, worrying about something that may never happen. I, I was at the golf course yesterday, and one of the, the gentlemen came up to me, and he knows I'm a pastor. He's like, hey, pastor, what you preaching at your church this week? And, and I, I said, this is what I'm going to preach on, and here's our title, Why Do We Worry? And when I told him, why do we worry? He looked at me, and he goes, why do I worry? Because I want to suffer until it happens. Those were his words. And so shout out, Brian. I told you I would tell that part of the story. But you know what? That's really what we do. How many of us live our life going, well, what, well, well, what if this pain in my side is cancer that my grandfather died of? What, what if I'm the one that gets laid off at work? And then what are we going to do? What if I'm never going to meet Mr. Wright? Couldn't we go down the list over and over? And how many times do we spend our lives worrying and suffering through? And so this week when I was running and I was praying and kind of saying, God, what is it that you want to talk about? And let me just stop and say there are real reasons to worry, to have concern. I mean, no, with terrorism, there's a lot of concern about safety in our country. And then we also have issues like the economy, Brexit took place, $2 trillion were lost on all the stock markets and, and you know, financial markets around the world. What's going to happen with the economy? And What about the election? What about our country? And let me just say there are concerns and there are worries. And as I was running, here's what I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me. The Holy Spirit basically told me this week when I was running, he said, don't worry. Jared, don't worry. And then I began to think about it, began to pray about it, and I began to realize that that was a message that Jesus gave you and me. Don't worry. So today, I want us to take a few minutes and talk about why we worry. But I want us to hear what Jesus had to say. So would you stand to your feet? Those of you joining us online, I encourage you to do it right there in your home. We're going to read this passage together. These words are Jesus' words to his disciples 
He was teaching people, and one of the things he said is you don't need to worry. So let's read what he had to say. Everyone say it boldly and say it loudly. Ready? Here we go. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. And Lord, I know there are people here that are worried. I know there are people here who are afraid. Lord, we know the scripture tells us that we don't need to be afraid and that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but instead he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to declare today that worry and and fear and anxiousness, it's all going to leave today, that people are going to find peace, how to live in peace. I speak that over this service today. And I pray that every heart, whether they're here in this room or joining us online, would be open to receive the things you want to say. So say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Some of you were worried I was going to make you raise your hand that you were worrying. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Why do we worry? Why do we worry? Well, let me give you the first reason. I think if we can understand why we worry, then it might help us understand how not to live a life of worry. Why do we worry from this passage? The first thing that jumps out to me from what Jesus is saying is simply this. We worry because we forget who's watching. I want you to write that down. We worry because we forget who's watching. You might say, well, Pastor Jerry, what are you talking about? Well, let's go back to Jesus when he talked about worry. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. I mean, you know, some women will never have enough clothes. All the men said amen. Man, some of you are just afraid. You're worried to raise your hand right now and say that. Or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Your heavenly Father, now this is the point to focus on for a minute, your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? You know, here's the bottom line. Have you ever been to, you know, the playground or the play area at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or something. And have you ever been there when your kids were little, sitting near the playground and the kids gather up at the bottom of the slide? Have you ever heard those four or five-year-olds talking and saying, what are we going to do for lunch? Are we going to get nuggets today? Well, kids don't worry. Why? Because they have parents who are watching over their needs. Kids don't worry because they know someone is watching. And I think what God is trying to help us understand this morning is that you and I don't have to live worried. We don't have to live afraid if we'll remember rather than forget that someone is watching. And what Jesus just said is, listen, don't worry. If I take care of the birds, I'm watching over you. Now, what is he watching over? Well, here's some things that he says he's watching over. Number one, God watches over tomorrow. God watches over tomorrow. It says in Matthew, we read it a moment ago, chapter 6, verse 26, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Now, you plant, you harvest, and you store because you're thinking about tomorrow, right? They don't worry about tomorrow, 
for your heavenly Father feeds them. So he's watching over tomorrow for them, right? Then it goes on to say, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? The word worry there in the Greek, if you dive into its meaning, it basically means this, to be anxious, right? And sometimes we get anxious when we start thinking about tomorrow. Reminds me of that song. Anybody know the song? Don't stop thinking about Not bad. Pretty good. We have a few singers in the house. You need to call April. Join the worship team. But here's the thing. Jesus actually is saying, stop thinking about tomorrow. Now, I told this to the gentleman who said, well, I worry. You know what I mean? I, he said, I, I want to suffer until it happens. That guy. And we were talking. He said, well, tell me about your message. And I said, well, hey, we don't have to worry because God's watching over tomorrow. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. He says, well, does that mean I don't need to plan for retirement? And then I looked at him and I said, listen, there's a difference between a plan and a worry. And how many times do we, rather than making a plan, we worry? We become anxious. It reminds me of a story I heard. And it was about this guy who um, got a, a notice on his front door that they were going to put in speed bumps in the street that he lived because there was complaints about cars driving too fast. So at first he's like, great, awesome, we're going to get speed bumps, I have kids, people drive through here too fast. And so as he was driving, you know, the next several weeks around the neighborhood, going wherever he was going, he began to notice other streets that had speed bumps. And there was one thing that kept popping up every time he got to a speed bump. The speed bumps were placed along with a big, huge sign in the yard right next to the speed bumps in the second house of the street. And it occurred to him, wait a minute, I'm the second house. So not only am I going to have bumps in front of my house, but I'm going to have a big, ugly sign in the middle of my yard saying, slow down, speed bumps. And he started worrying. He's like, I don't want that big, ugly thing there. My yard is nice. I've spent a lot of money on my yard. I don't want that thing. It's going to be right. He, in fact, he went and he measured exactly how far from the corner to the street signs on other streets. And so you know what he did? He went and he bought a big, huge, ugly bush. And he put this bush slash tree exactly where that sign would one day probably go. Well, guess what? Two months, two months went by. Six months went by. A year went by. A year and a half went by. No bumps, no sign. And every day he kept driving up to that ugly tree. <laughs> Until eventually, two years later, the bumps went in and so did the sign Four houses down on the other side of the street. And as he was driving home and he saw that sign, he went, man, I spent two years worrying about something that never even happened. He said, now I drive up and down the street and every time I do, I see my worry tree. <laughs> Here's the thing. How many of us have a worry tree? Maybe your worry tree is about that child that's making bad decisions. Maybe your worry tree is, well, my, the economy doesn't look that good right now, and my business is always affected. I'm the first line of defense, and so what if I get laid off? What am I supposed to do? And so we start thinking about tomorrow. We start worrying. We start becoming anxious and so we build a tree and we spend all this time and we spend all this energy and we make all these payments because here's the thing, Joyce Meyer says it this way, worry is the down payment 
on a problem you may never have. How many of us are making down payments in our businesses or down payments in our schooling or down payments in our relationships? Because we've allowed ourselves to begin to worry. Here's, here's a great quote. I love this. It says this, you can't change yesterday, but you can ruin today by worrying about tomorrow. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, don't let yourself get caught in the trap of worrying about tomorrow and planting a tree about something that may never happen. Because here's the good news. I'm watching over tomorrow. This is why this is important. Because when you understand that he's watching over tomorrow, you, and you remember, guess what? That Jesus also is watching over today. What does the scripture say? He was the same yesterday, he's gonna be the same today, and he's gonna be the same tomorrow. So if God was there for you yesterday, and he's there for you today, then you don't need to worry about tomorrow because he's already with you. He's watching over the thing that he's already with you in. Somebody say amen. Amen. So why do you still have that tree? I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. God watches over tomorrow. Here's the second thing Jesus is basically saying. Don't forget who's watching because God watches over our needs. God watches over our needs. I want to show you what this scripture says. It's really interesting. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 33. He goes on to say, Jesus says, so don't, what's the next word? What's the next word? So don't worry about these things. What are these things? He explains. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? How many know we need to eat? Only eight of you like to eat, need to eat. That's why our vision is so slim and trim, I guess. How many know know we need to eat? So don't be always thinking about your needs. You need to eat. How many know we need clothes? Yes, amen. We won't even go there. We, We need clothes. These are our needs. And then he goes on to say, these things, our needs, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Let that sink in for a minute. What's been dominating your thought life? Jesus says that unbelievers are dominated by their thinking about their needs. But your heavenly father, remember when someone's watching, watching over tomorrow, and he's watching over your needs because he says, our heavenly father already knows all your needs. He knows your needs before you need it. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. God is watching not only over tomorrow, but he's watching over your needs. What do you need? It's interesting because the word worry, if we go a little deeper into its meaning, it comes from a root word, which doesn't just mean to be anxious, but here's what it means. It means to be distracted, and then the root of that, that word means to, to divide and separate. 
So really what worry is, is we begin to extrapolate. We begin to think, well, wait a minute. What if, gosh, if, what if our company goes under and they have to lay off some people? Well, probably gonna, I mean, they probably lay off the lower level and I'm, I'm kind of entry level. So there's about 10 of us. So, okay, wait now. There's gonna be 10 of us that potentially are laid off. There's Bob over in the corner in that cubicle and there's Sue in this cubicle. And, and you know, I'm, I'm about halfway through. You know, most of them were hired. Some of them were hired before me. Some were hired after me. So let's see. Now, if they go down the order of it, and what do we do? We start separating and breaking down and we start distracting ourselves and we get so caught up in our worry that we forget that God knows what we need. I was at my parents' house last weekend and thankful for Pastor Brandon. He did a great job preaching and I was with my dad on Father's Day and we went to, to have some dinner and my mom said, go get the chairs and get the card table because we're going to eat and we need some extra space. And so I went in and I started to pull out the chairs, but as I began to pull out the chairs, I noticed that there was a stack of molding, you know, baseboards and crown molding and stuff on the side of the, of, uh, the closet. And as I was looking at it, I'm like, man, I better be careful because if I hit that stuff, it's going to fall all over the place and I'm going to have to pick it up. So I started trying to be careful and I was like looking at the molding and I'm getting the chair out and of course, I mean, us. As soon as I started paying attention and getting distracted by the molding, I quit paying attention to how long the chairs were. And as I'm pulling them out, I hit the molding and it doesn't fall all over, it falls all over me. And I get struck in the head right here and I have a bump, it just misses my eye and it hurt. And it still hurts. (laughs) Thank you for some sympathy, thank you, somebody. The point I want to make is because I got distracted and I got worried, I opened the door to invite things into my life that I didn't need. There's a verse in the Bible that says, the thing that I feared came upon me. Now, I'm not here trying to make a broad theological statement that if you ever have a worry about something, that gives access for the devil to come and do that in your life. But what I am going to say is this. Could we be opening the door to things coming in and affecting our lives because we've been so distracted and so focused on the wrong thing rather than the right thing, and the right thing is to understand that God knows our needs. Remember the story, the woman who, who had Jesus in her home, Martha and her sister Mary. And Martha was running around. She was preparing the food and getting everything ready. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus enjoying his company. Now watch what happens. Martha gets distracted, runs over to Jesus and said, Jesus, Mary should be helping me. I'm all stressed out here and worrying and she's just having a good time. Tell her to help me. And then look what Jesus says. Jesus says, Mary, you are worried and distracted by many things. And he said, but she's found the good thing and I'm not gonna take it from her. When I think about that, here's basically what it means, ready? Worry won't stop bad things from happening, it just stops you from enjoying the good. How many of us are missing out on life. We're missing out on the the good stuff that God has for us because we've gotten distracted and we started thinking, well, what this happens and what if this happens and what if what if the food spoils or what if someone drops a tray and I don't have some extra hands to help me? And then we miss the good stuff in life. Maybe you come to church and you always leave frustrated because I don't get anything out of that message. 
They always talk about that was really cool and God was speaking to me. But maybe the reason is because you've got children and you're like, well, gosh, what are my children doing? What are they back there? Maybe they're going to bite somebody. I know one day they're going to bite somebody in junior church and they're going to call me and I'm going to be, you know, I never can. I don't know what they're going to say when I'm not around. And we get so caught up, worried and distracted that we miss the opportunity and the joy of what we have. And life has worry robbed you of the good and the joy that God has for you. I love this verse because it simply says this. It says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. Maybe today you have no strength because you've forgotten who's watching. You've forgotten that God watches over tomorrow, but he also watches over your needs. And here's what I love about God. God knows what you need before you need it. That's really cool. Here's why you need to know that. He just said it in the scripture. Because a lot of us are frustrated because he's not giving us what we need. Well, what if this happens? What if, what if I do get sick? I don't know. Listen, here's the cool thing about God. God's not gonna give you what you need before you need it. But the word says his grace is sufficient. And some of us are frustrated. We're standing on the side of the battle and we want a sword and we want a shield and we want to be armed for battle. And God says, I'm not going to give you what you need right now because you're not even fighting anybody. So quit standing around. Quit being distracted. Quit missing the fact that I've given you life and life to live abundantly right now that you can enjoy what I've given you right now and quit waiting for bad things to happen. Listen, here's the good news. If a battle comes, God will give you what you need when the battle comes. He'll give you what you need when the trial comes, but he won't give it to you before you need it. And a lot of us are waiting for something God can't give us because we're not even there what did he say? I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever you need, he will be there. He said, we just read it a moment ago. Your God cares for you. He will give you what you need. So quit standing there distracted and dividing it all down. And, and quit standing there anxious and worried and letting the enemy rob you of the joy of today. Of the power, of the blessing, of the abundant life that he has for you today. That's good preaching. Somebody say amen. Amen. We forget who's watching. Here's the other thing that jumps out to me. We forget who we can trust. We forget who we can trust. If we go to a different verse I want to focus on for a minute because we see this idea in the passage with Jesus and I'll point that out in a minute. But look what it says in 1 Peter. Peter verse, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, what's the first word? Give all your worries and cares to God. Give all your what? Your worries. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. The word give there, um, it basically means to cast or to throw. How many here have ever seen those Velcro hand things with the Velcro ball? Have you ever seen those? How many have ever tried to throw the Velcro ball while it's in the Velcro hand? Isn't that an awkward moment, right? It's like, it's not going anywhere. And that's really what I think is a beautiful picture of what Christians do with worry. 
Here you go, God. What does Jesus say? Cast your care on me because I care for you. But in order for us to give or to cast, it doesn't become a cast or a give until it leaves your hand. And so what the scripture is teaching us is, listen, God won't take your worry. You have to give it to him. And maybe you're here and you're all spiritual and you're like, well, I'm just waiting for God to come and angel wings to, to fly through the house and a light to come from heaven and go, and I'm waiting for angels to begin to sing, you are standing on holy ground, because angels have a big vibrato like that. And I'm waiting for this moment when God is going to come and take my cares. God won't take your cares. You have to give them. You have to give them. You know, you won't give something. Well, let me explain it this way. I have in my back pocket a wallet. Surprise. Now, I don't normally wear a wallet in my back pocket. And let me tell you why. Because it looks funny when I'm driving. I'm like this. I used to wear a wallet in this pocket. And um, I ended up getting a sciatic nerve issue. And I had a problem, and the doctor said, well, quit wearing your wallet, and you won't have that problem. And he was right. So I usually don't wear a wallet. But if I, say, came to service and happened to forget and leave my wallet in my back pocket, good safe, amen. God will give you what you need when you need it, amen. Come on now. That was just for you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but let's say I didn't want to carry this wallet. So I decide that I'm going to give it to somebody to take care of for me. It's got, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of you are nice people, but I, some of you I don't know that well. So I'm not going to give this wallet to you. I'm going to give it to someone I trust, mostly. <laughs> my brother. So I would say, hey, wait a minute, I want to give you my wallet, and I'm going to give him my wallet because I trust him with it. So, Wayman, I'd like to give you my wallet here. If you take it, it's got money in it, by the way. I've counted it. Just, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, yeah, you can have it. Okay, yeah, go ahead, you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> Giving is about trusting. Giving is about trusting. And the big idea for us to walk away with this weekend is simply this. When you do what you can do, God will do what he can do. What do you mean by that? Well, God's not going to take your worries. What he did say he would do is give you peace. But he won't give you peace until you give him your worries. What does scripture say? It says this in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications, let your requests be made known unto God, and then the God of peace will put a guard around your heart and your mind. So when you do what you can do, God will do what he can do. And a lot of us are frustrated, a lot of us are upset, a lot of us are going, well, God, when is this going to happen? God, why aren't you taking care of this problem? Why do I feel so upset? And it's because God's waiting to do what he can do, but he's waiting for you to do what you can do. 
And what you can do is say, God, I'm going to choose to make a decision to trust you. So I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to cast my care. I'm going to give my cares to the Lord. And when you give your cares, then God comes and does what only he can do, and that is give you peace that passes all understanding. We'll never stop worrying if we forget who's watching and we forget who we can trust. I can trust Wayman. He's going to give me my wallet back. You can trust God that when you give him your cares, he's going to do what he can do because he's watching over your needs. He's watching over tomorrow. I love this verse. I want to end with it. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 17. Blessed, happy is the man who what? The man who what? Trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. It leaves are always green. It has no what? It has no what? Has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You see, when we learn to give, when we learn to cast our care on the Lord, here's the cool thing. God does something inside of us. We get so connected and our roots get so deep in the Lord that suddenly now we have a peace that even when drought comes, even when trials come, even when the sun is scorching hot, guess what? We are not worried. We are not afraid. Why? Because God has done what only he can do. He puts a guard around your heart, a guard around your mind, and it's protecting the peace that passes all understanding. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight paths for you. You don't have to worry because God is watching over tomorrow and he's watching over your needs. We just let that sink in. Close your eyes. Let it sink in. God's watching over that. Think about that thing that's been holding on to you. Think about that fear. Think about that worry. God knows about it. If something bad happens, guess what? He's going to give you what you need when you need it. But why are you frustrated? Because here's the deal. He's not going to give you what you don't need. You don't need to worry about it. He's waiting to do what only he can do. But you have to do what you can do.